Be prepared to experience a life-changing teaching designed to challenge you to discover your blessings in a world-fulfilled life. From the ministry of Reverend Isaac Abzalabaz Awuni from the International Central Gospel Church, Paradise Temple. And now, today's sermon. Most high God, we thank you. We bless you. We lift up your name in this house. Come to us in power. Come to us in might. May you descend greatly. Be on our service. Speak to us. Let your word come in season, in power. And let us leave this place knowing that we have had an encounter with you. I pray that guide us with the armor and may we marshal into battle and win in Jesus' name. Amen. The champion sword. Today we are looking at the champion sword. I just want you to look at somebody that you are trying to like and tell the person that you are a champion. Tell the person you are a champion. And so use your champion sword and do battle. Tell the person you have to win the battle because you are a champion. Well, let me see your sword. Your sword. Some people are showing me pain. Your sword. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. And take and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the sword is what? The word of what? God. Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So after salvation, the next thing is the sword. Hallelujah. After the helmet, the next thing is the sword. That means our salvation is directly linked to battle, to fight. Our salvation is directly connected fighting that means if we don't fight for our salvation we might lose it hallelujah because as soon as God said we put on the helmet of salvation in order to protect our salvation the next thing is we have to take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and the sword is not for reading sword is for battle hallelujah nobody has a sword in his house that he looks or he use for reading he use sword to fight every soldier who has a sword that sword is for both defensive 
an offensive weapon. So the sword is for our defense. The sword is for our heart. Offense is to defend ourselves and it's also to what? Attack them that comes against our salvation. But we're going to look at it in a different direction this morning. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Let's see what the Bible has to say. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful. The old King James said that the word of God is alive and is active. It's living and it is what? Powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow. And it's the center of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. So here the Bible says that the word of God is sharp than even two-edged sword. Whereby Ephesians say that it's a sword. And that sword is sharper than any other sword you ever know. And he said it's able to divide soul so it can enter into the soul of people and of yourself hallelujah and it's also able to enter into spirits joint and marrow so the bible is talking about spirit soul and body that the sword of god is able to deal with what Solish issue, spiritual issue, and physical issues. He's able to handle it. And then is also to handle issues of human thoughts and human intentions. So in other words, anything that comes to you at the angle or on the surface of your soul, you have the sword of God to fight it. Anything that comes in the spiritual dimensions of your life, you have the sword of God to fight it. Anything that comes at the level of your body, you have the sword of God to fight it. And anything that tries to deal with your thoughts and your intent, you have also the sword of God to fight it. So at any part of our life, we have a weapon God has given to us to fight it. Amen. And one thing you ought to know, ladies and gentlemen, is that whoever has the sword is the champion. Amen. Anybody who holds the sword is the champion. And this morning, I want to announce to you that you are a champion. Because you hold the sword. Oh, you didn't hear me well. I said you are a champion. Because you have the sword. Anybody who has the sword is a champion. So, if we have the sword, then we are the champion. And I gave you a few scenarios here. Saul gave David his sword. David became the champion. Until then, Saul was the champion of Israel. I hope you know that. He was the commander-in-chief of the armies of Israel in physical terms. 
when you read first Samuel chapter 17 38 to 39 so Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head salvation David before he went to the battle God clothed him with the armor Remember Ephesians, let us put on the whole hammer of war. God. So before David set off to fight the battle of his life, he was first clothed with what? The armor of God. Then after clothing the armor of God, God has to protect his salvation. So helmet was put on his head to protect his salvation. After protecting his salvation, it was now to do battle for his destiny. And so Saul was given unto him. He said that, and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them before. You see, David now picked the sword ready, but when he was about to move, he realized that in the battle realm of the spirit, in the contention of life, in the fights of destiny, you don't need a physical sword. The sword that God wanted him to have is not a matter. Hallelujah. That is why some of you, you have to stop all this physical means by which you are trying to fight the battles of your life. It is not a matter of physical battles. It is a spiritual battle, sir. If you go and buy a sword into your house, you will never kill Satan. Hallelujah. Physical items, they are symbolic. Sometimes, well, some of the pastors and apostles and the bishops, sometimes some of them pull sword. So today is warfare, and they'll bring us sword. We are fighting the devil. No. David was given a sword, but he realized he couldn't move with the sword. And he went to the battle. When he went to the battle, you know he conquered. The enemy was going to fight with was holding a physical sword. Goliath was having a physical sword. But David was holding the spiritual sword. You know what David said? David said, you come with me with sword and javelin and spears. But I come with you in the name of the Lord Most High. The Lord who is the captain of the host of Israel. He came with the sword of the Spirit. But Goliath was coming to him with a physical sword. Amen. That is why you don't fight your enemy on the same grounds or on the same physical grounds. If your enemy is after you on the natural grounds, you have to take the battle to the spiritual realm. Because listen to me, you and I, our strength is in the spirit. When it comes to physical matters, drop it. We can't fight it. But when we come to physical and spiritual matters, I trust you, we can conquer. So, David now went to the battle with a sword. But in real terms, when Saul gave David his sword, David assumed the place of the champion. Because until then, nobody has held the champion's sword before. The only person who has access to the sword of the champion is the champion. And for that matter, it was Saul. And the first time, a different person held it. Even Jonathan has never held the father's sword before. 
But David held it. And when he held it, he has become the new champion. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to announce to you that you are holding the sword of God. You have the sword of God in your hands. You have the sword that God used to conquer in heaven and to conquer on earth. That sword is in your hands. And if that sword is in your hand this morning, I want to put it to you that you are a champion and you must take your victory here on earth by all means. Amen. Then also, David... When he possessed Goliath's sword, he became the next champion that reigned on that province. Remember, until then, Goliath was the champion of Palestine. Saul was the champion of Israel. Goliath was the champion of Palestine. Hallelujah. So, if you want to understand, Akufuado is the champion of Ghana. Selif Johnson is the champion of Ecowas. Have you got it? So you can access the local sword. You might have not accessed the overall sword. But David took the sword of Israel to become the next champion of Israel. He went ahead to possess the sword that rules the whole continent, that part of geographical area of the world, which Goliath was the one who was uh, superseding and was the champion. David had that sword. And when David had the two swords in his hands, ladies and gentlemen, he became the overall champion of all times. And I'm here to announce to you that the sword, which is all-time champion, the sword was conquered in heaven and has conquered on earth and is still conquering. That sword is in your hands. So, dear ones, you cannot fail anywhere on the surface of the earth. Nowhere. You can't. You can't. First Samuel chapter 17. Verse 51. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its shelf and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. So who is now the champion? This morning, the champion of your enemies will run away. This morning, the champion of your life will run away. This morning, the champion of your house will run away. This morning, any spiritual champion interfering in the affairs of your life, they shall run away because you shall use the champion sword of God and you will cut them into pieces in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, whoever holds the sword is the champion. Therefore, God has given us his sword. So we assume the place of championship of God. If we hold the sword of God, ladies and gentlemen, we become the champion of God. And this morning we are about to use that sword. Christ is the living sword. What is the sword you and I are holding? We are not holding the sword of Goliath. Neither are we holding the sword of Saul. But we are holding a special sword. Hallelujah. 
it is called the sword of the Lord. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a living sword. Hello? We have what? The sword that is a living sword. And you are going to, if the sword is living, it means it's alive. Let's, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17, we have read it. But let's go back and look at this phrase. Because I want to use it to, to explain. And take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. Okay, so let's go back. The sword of the spirit is what? The word of God. We have the sword of the spirit. And that sword is what? The word of God. Let's look at John chapter 1 verse... Wonderful. Are we ready to pray? Remember? <laughs> in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was what? The word is the spirit of what? The word is the sword of what? Okay. Ephesians says, taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Do you have that? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 9. Good. In the beginning was the word. The word is the sword of the spirit. In the beginning was the sword of the spirit. Do you get it? And the sword of the spirit was with God. Are you getting it? And the sword of the spirit was God. Okay? And the sword of the spirit who was in the beginning with God. Let's move on. All things were made through him. What? The sword of the spirit. And without him, without who? The sword of the spirit. Okay? Nothing that was made was made. In him was life. The sword is alive. It's a living sword. Hallelujah. In him was life. So the sword that you and I have, it is what? A life sword. That is why the scripture we read First, in Hebrews chapter 12, 4 verse 12, it said that, and the sword is what? Powerful than any two-edged sword. It said that, and it is alive and it is active. So it is spiritual and it is powerful. Alive and active because we have a sword, which is a living sword. And the life was the light of man. So the sword, the spirit of the sword, the life of the sword was the light of man. Our sword can be light. Our sword can be life. Our sword can be spirit. Our sword can be power. Our sword, think about anything, our sword can do it. Amen. So, this presupposes that the word of God is Jesus Christ. I hope you know that. Oh my God. Who doesn't know that? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. When you read First John, John chapter one verse twelve, it will tell you. Okay, when you read further from one up to twelve, it will tell you that he came to dwell with men, and as many that be, be received him, he was they were given the power to become the sons of God because he came to his own and his own rejected him. So the word of God we are talking here is Jesus Christ. Therefore, Jesus Christ is what. The sword of what? The spirit. And if the 
the sword was God, it means that God is also what? The sword of the spirit. So this sword we are dealing with, we are talking about Jesus, we are talking about God. Which is the word of God that you are holding. Hallelujah. And this morning, anybody with the, with the word of God, ha, you have a weapon in your hands. You have a mighty weapon in your hands. The conquerors of the sword. How did the sword become champion? Because I used David and you saw that David did not become the champion because he held the sword of Saul or hold the sword of Goliath. No, he conquered with the sword. He was able to defeat the fierce enemy of Saul. David overcame it. And he was able to conquer the most dangerous and fearful enemy of Israel of all time. Before he became the champion. So, if our sword has conquered, then our sword might have done some serious conquering in the realms and in Fesica. Remember, the battle between David and Saul, David did not only have a physical victory. He also had a spiritual one. Because until the battle was engaged, Saul said, I curse you to the gods of the Philistines. David said that I also curse you to the gods of Israel. So before the physical battle was combated, there was first a spiritual one. And when victory took place in the spiritual, victory was seen in the physical. And ladies and gentlemen, this morning I'm here to announce to you that you are going to take spiritual victory and take physical victory for the year. You are going to assess your victory in the spirit and you shall assess your victory physically in the name of Jesus Christ. So now let's see how the sword conquered. Then you understand yourself. John chapter 16 verse 33. If I'm right. These things I have spoken to you. That in me. You may have peace. In the world. You will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hello. Jesus said. Hey. Listen. There's trouble in the world. But listen to what I'm telling you. Be of peace. Don't worry. In this world, there are battles. In this world, there are problems. In this world, there are fights. In this world, there are tribulations. But be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. I have conquered the world. And who has conquered the world? He is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. So the sword, which is the word of God, has conquered the world. And I know anytime we talk about the world, a lot of people, your mind threw up, what is the world? What is the world? You know, most of you, when we talk about the world, you will think it is the tree and the earth. No. There's difference between the earth and the world. God created the earth. God didn't create the world. Okay? God did not create the world. He created the earth. He put us on the surface of the earth. He said that the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given unto man. 
So the wealth is not for God. That is why he said that for we are in the world but we are not of the world. We are of heaven. That is where we come from. That is our domain. That is our descent. Heaven. But the world, we are here. We are not of it. But the earth is for us because God gave us the earth. That is why when God cares the earth for Adam, say Adam, because of what you have done, cares be the earth for your sake. You shall tell it in toil. Will you eat? But you see, I have a problem here. God cares the earth for the sake of who? Not the sake of me. So nobody should say, sit somewhere and say that God cares the earth that men should suffer before they eat. It's not true. He didn't cares the earth for my sake. He said, curse be the earth for your, Adam, your sake. Say, in it would you hurt, toil and hurt. It, he didn't say that on all men will toil. No, he didn't say that. Hallelujah. So I am not supposed to toil on the earth to eat. I'm not supposed to suffer on the earth. Listen to me. As a matter of fact, we are not suffering on the earth. We are suffering in the world. Hallelujah. The earth, we are not suffering. Every serious person who understands the principles of the Bible, sowing and reaping, and follow God, when they do business, they succeed. They break through. They go forward. Hallelujah. But people who doesn't understand spiritual dynamics and the delegation authority of God by giving us the earth, they follow the systems of the world and they fail. Because you can never succeed in the world. The world was not given to you. It is not yours. Amen. In if, he said that if, in child labor, you shall go through pain. You see, and in your seed shall bruise the devil and the devil seek to bite. The reason why the suffering or the curse unto if in child labor is still continued by women is that the seed of the woman, which was not in Eve, but it is multiples of seed that is going to produce that seed. So every woman that carries a seed become an enemy to the devil because their seed can bruise the head of the devil. Amen. So the seed of Adam uh, Eve was a threat to the devil. He came in, killed what? Abel. Then followed. Then they had another seed. They followed. Seed, 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 seed until the seed of Mary. They wanted to destroy. And that seed succeed. Hallelujah. And after that, God didn't finish there. God said that in every nation, in every tribe, in every country, I'm going to raise men who will stand in the gap to stop whatever the, the devil is doing and receive salvation unto their people. So after that, the devil knows that another woman will give birth to a mediator between Christ and their family. And he's targeting that seed also. So the problem of childbirth of a woman are continued because there are still seeds in women who, who are targets to the devil. Hallelujah. That is why every man, you have to make sure that you pray for your wife seriously. The devil is not interested in our sperm, but he's interested in the seed. Even though it's the sperm, the sperm, that is going to fertilize what? The egg to make the baby. But the devil knows that, huh? The sperm alone. How many of us have been thrown thousands of them away? 
But the devils, the one in the woman, the devils knows. So he is, they are always the target. Amen. But God gave us the earth. And Jesus said, you know something? There is no problem of the earth for you and I. No. John chapter 3 verse 16, for God so loved what? That he gave. God does not love what? He has no problem with the earth. He loved the earth. It's for his own. But the problem was now the world. The world is made up of systems. Let's go on. Matthew chapter 4 verse 8. Are you ready to pray? Again, the devil took him up on a seeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of what? The world and the earth. They will show Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Let's continue. Nine. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall, you will fall down and worship me. So they are hot for him. If the thing does not belong to you, you can't give it as a gift. Amen. Did the devil say that I will give you the earth? No, that is not him. But he said, I'll give you the world. Because they have become him. They are for him. So I'll give it to you. If you can only bow down to me. But Jesus said that I will not. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So now, let's see. What is the world? Because he said that all the kingdoms and their glory. Kingdoms and their glory. You see, when you cast your eyes on the firmament, the trees, the buildings you see, these are not the glories. The fame, the power, the positions, the command. That is the world. Amen. You see how our president was inaugurated. You see how? That is what we call the world. It's glorious. and structures governing and controlling activities of human life. That is the world. So world, the world is referring to what? The systems and the structures. That is governing and controlling human activities or human life. That is the world. So the world of Satan is the pagan systems. If Jesus says, for God so loved the world, he's talking about the systems and the structures. That is governing and controlling human activities. Jesus said, I love them. And have created human beings into these systems to govern, control, and rule their life. But these systems, as we heard, messed up. So because of that, what is to regulate human life is rather regulating them negatively. But because I love the systems I put in place, I've given up my child. Whoever believes in that, my child, the pagan systems of Satan can never control that person's life again. So when Jesus said that I have overcame the world, Jesus said I have overcome the systems and structures of Satan that is controlling and governing the activities of the world. I have overcome it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to announce to you that corruption can never overcome your life. I'm here to announce to you that bribery cannot overcome your life. I'm here to announce to you that if people scheme, they can never defeat you. I'm here to announce to you that if people orchestrate, if people plan, plot, it can never. If people try to use any pagan tricks, it will never. Because you have taken Jesus Christ who has overcome the world. He is the sword. Hello. Hello. After today, I know you are leaving this place with charge. You are leaving this place with boldness. We are still at the conquer. How the sword conquered. Let's look at John chapter 14 verse 13. Listen, I told you something. That before you become the champion, you must conquer in the spirit and you must conquer physical. So the word of God said that the sword of the spirit, it is what? Powerful and it is spiritual. It is active and it is alive. Powerful is the physical content and then spiritual is the spiritual content. Alive is talking about what? The spiritual and active is talking about what? The physical. So the sword must conquer spiritual and it must conquer physical. The world is the physical systems of governance of the devil. But the spiritual is the ruling kingdom authority of the devil. Jesus must conquer Satan in the spirit before he can conquer his systems or physical. Let's go. Hold on. I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is what? And he has nothing in what? So who is the ruler of this world? Satan. Jesus said, I have conquered the world. Now he said, the king of this world, the prince of this world, is Satan. Is Satan. So Jesus cannot conquer the world until he has conquered what? Satan. Satan, Jesus can never take the championship of the world which is Satan because he said the world is mine and if you want to take over what is Satan he must first conquer what? Satan are you, are you together with me? are you together with me? good, we are going there let's look at Matthew chapter 12 verse 29 and then we go to the slide Matthew 12 29 then you move us to the slide so that the students can write Oh, how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his house? The house of the world is for who? Satan. And Jesus said, I've overcome the world. And Jesus is talking here. How can one enter into a strong man's house and plunder his goose? How can Jesus enter the world and take over the systems and governance controlling human activities for his children. How can Jesus say that the structures, the issue of bribe, if somebody wants to use bribe against you, it will not work. If somebody wants to use corruption against you, it shall not work. So if somebody wants to use juju against you, it will not work. If anybody wants to use any schemes, which is paganism, against you, it shall not work because I have overcome it. If Jesus is going to overcome that for us, then he might have overcome the one who rules. So he said, Unless he first was buys what the strong man, and then he will what plunder his goose. It means before Jesus overcame the world, he overcame Satan. Take us to the slide now. Before Jesus defeated the world, 
He has defeated all Satan. So number one, know that Satan is the prince of this world. Number two, Jesus born and defeated Satan first before he conquered the world. In other words, the sword of God conquers demonic rulers and systems over human life. So Jesus now conquers. This morning, I'm here to tell you that you are about to conquer. I said I'm here to announce you, you are about to conquer. I am here to provoke you, you are about to conquer. I am here to encourage you. You are about to conquer. If you have never seen conquer before, for once in your life, you are going to use the right weapon. You are going to exercise the right weapon. You are going to throw the right weapon. And you are going to fall down the right enemy. Because you are going to conquer. The sword is in your hands. Amen. The sword is in your hands. He said, little children, hey, don't be worried. I have conquered. And because I've conquered, you shall conquer. Because I've conquered, you shall conquer. I don't know where you want to conquer. I don't know the area you want to conquer. But listen, look into your life. Every demonic activity operating around you is the world. Everything controlling and ruling your life is about the world. Everything that is not making you happy to enjoy the earth that God has given unto you is of the world. And this morning you shall conquer. Amen. Now you have the champion sword. Who is the champion now? Jesus. Who is the champion sword now? Jesus. So Jesus is the champion. He is also the champion sword. Because he has conquered. As the word. He is also what? The sword of the spirit. He is the champion and he is the champion sword. So if you have Jesus, it means you have the champion and you have the champion sword. So if you have the champion and you have the champion sword, what again? The sword has conquered spiritual. Satan. Listen, if Satan himself has been conquered, what about demons? Hello? Me, you know, I like in, you see, I like use physical illustrations to explain. It's because I want to behave like Jesus. A farmer went to sow. To use natural things. What was happening? Because in those days, the people of Israel or the Palestine, they were all farmers. So you can easily explain matters with what? Farming systems than using any other. So he uses that. So And I always want to use current precedence to explain spiritual matters. Okay. If Jesus was going to possess the world, he has to conquer Satan. And all demons, all witchcraft, all powers, all juju, every power of the devil is under Satan. So if Satan is conquered, every spirit, every power who look up unto him surrender. Hello? The Bible said a war broke up in heaven. And Lucifer and his demons, they fought. 
and angel Michael and the angels of God also fought back. The Bible said that and Satan could not contain his estate, so he was cast out with one tear. So when Satan lost the battle in heaven, every demonic spirit, every rebellion angel could no longer stay there. They all had to follow him. Then you know what Jesus said? He said, I saw Satan falling like what? Lightning. That is Satan. And then, after the resurrection and ascension, you know what he said? He said that now all powers, all principalities, all dominions, all thrones has been put under my feet. You know the reason why? Dominions did not fight him. Principalities did not fight him. Powers did not fight him. Rulers did not fight him. Witches did not fight him. Who fought him? Satan. But when he conquers Satan, all the forces of Satan have to surrender. So now principalities surrender to him. Powers surrender to him. Rulers surrender to him. And if they surrender to him, you know something? They will surrender to you. Let me come to my issue. When the leader, the captain, the prince fall, all other forces must what? Give the way. I am here to announce to you, Satan is defeated. The demons are defeated. I'm here to announce to you, Satan is defeated. Witches are defeated. I'm here to announce to you that Satan is defeated. Shrines are defeated. I'm here to announce to you that Satan is defeated. Sickness is defeated. Disappointment is defeated. Failure is defeated. Everything within the kingdom of the world of Satan, they must all subject to the defeating of what Jesus Christ has defeated Satan. No power, no principality. So you know what he said? Paul said, I little children. Do not worry. I have overcome the world. So you have overcome it because you know something. Uh, the Satan, uh, who is the ruler of the world, uh, I have knocked him down. How much more his disappointment? Uh, forget about it. Uh, don't get your heart be fret. Uh, what how much about what troubles? Uh, keep your heart in peace. Uh, I have conquered. Uh, in Ephesians, you know something. He said we fought against what principalities, powers, rulers, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, but you know what he said? He said about in all this thing you know something don't be moved put on the whole hammer of god uh, and make sure that you wear uh, this helmet of salvation uh, after that pick up the sword uh, of the spirits uh, which is the word of god uh, and up the at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 uh, it said and now fight the good fight of what faith uh, we are fighting a fight of faith what is faith faith is now the things that we hope for the evidence of the things that you have not seen it means that we are fighting for what we hope for we are not fighting for what we are afraid we are not fighting for what we are failing we are not fighting for our disappointment we are not fighting for our sickness we are not fighting for what things that cannot be asked we are fighting for the things we hope for that is why we fight the good fight no fight is good I don't know anybody who has fought a good fight. Fight is no good. But our fight is what? Good. And it's what the good fight of faith. Because faith is not a negative. Faith is what? Positive. Faith is alive. Faith is passive. Amen. First John chapter 2 verse 14. I want you to do some crazy battle here against everything that is messing up and contending against your life. I have written to you fathers. Do we have fathers here? Good. I have written to you fathers. So, 
the sword is not only for what? Children. It's for everybody. Because you have known him who is from the beginning. You have known who? Who is from the beginning? John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was what? The word. So fathers here, you have known what? The word. That means you have known what? The sword. Amen. I have written to you, young men. Do we have young men here? I want energetic men. I want to see men. That blood is flowing inside of you. Men who have muscles. Amen. Jesus standing on top of the mountain, declaring the Beatitudes to about thousands of people. There was no microphone, but he shouted, and 7,000 people could hear his raw voice. That is a man talking. Amen. When men talk, you know that men are talking. Men don't talk and say that I don't know. Men talk and say that I am positive. This is where we are going. Men don't tell women, let's try. Men tell women, let's go. Men don't tell women, maybe. Men say that I said. Men don't tell women that if God will, men say that God will do it. That is men speaking. I challenge a sister here. Look for a man. Hear a man speak. Listen to a man. Follow a man. Any man who come to you and say that sister, let's try. Tell them the days of trial and error is gone. Life is too short to try. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I preaching? Am I preaching? It's part of the sword. Amen. Because somebody here must pick up the sword and deal with some issues that is messing around your life. That this year it should not happen again. You must dealt with it according to the word of God. visions. So the old men shall dream dreams. The young men shall see visions. Dreams are future. Because you dream towards the end. You wake up dreams for your retirement. You wake up dreams for your settlement. But visions are short term achievements that empower you, energy you. Dreams, uh, visions give passion and drive. Dreams gives time and patience. We take time and patience to work to our dream. We take passion and mission, rigorous, determination, perseverance to achieve a vision. And young men see visions. They work. That is why a young man without a vision is like a goat without a grave. They are the ball at the rotten. Amen. Today, if you were a man without a vision, pick up the sword of God and fight and get your vision back. Because this one was written unto you again. You must reclaim your vision. You must get a vision. You must live with a vision. You must run with a vision. The Bible says, write down the vision so that a herald will run with it. Hallelujah. A young man must have a vision. Amen. You don't go to somebody's daughter to tell the daughter that I trust that God will bless me. Everybody trusts God will bless you. You started trusting God will bless you when you were not born. You go to a woman and tell the woman that this is where we are going. Jesus came and said, oh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Meanwhile, he knew he would die and leave them. But he still said, follow me. 
Amen. A man with a vision does not say that, oh, let's try. Sort of follow me. He knows that storms will come, but follow me. He knows that difficult times will come, follow me. He knows that sometimes I'll fall, but follow me. He knows that sometimes it will be rough, follow me. He knows that the road can never be, but follow me. He knows that now I am nobody, but follow me. When Jesus was saying, follow me, he was nobody. Nobody even knew him. The only people who have seen him was fishermen. He told them, follow me. But he knew that when they follow him, he would take them to the promised land. He would do whatever. Say, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. When he himself, he doesn't know how to cast a net. Amen. A real man with a vision who is a young man with destiny. He hasn't seen it, but he believed in it. He hasn't known it, but he's sure of it. He hasn't been there, but he trusts he will be there. So when he tell the sister and tell the children, follow me, they will get there. And my wife knew I'll take her there. And I put it to you, husband. I put it to you, a husband here. I put it to you, a young man here. I put it to you, any man who is in the aspiration of developing your life, let the woman know that you will take them there. Build their confidence. Let them trust you. When they trust you, I'm telling you, they will not insult you. When they trust you, they will cook for you. They will stay awake. Talk midnight when you come before they will sleep because they know you will take them there. Hallelujah. And sisters, when he said follow, follow, you must follow at all times. You must follow. You know what Jesus said? He said, in storms, I shall lead you. In fire, I shall lead you. In chaos, I shall lead you. When you are following, you don't follow when everything is ripe. You don't follow when everything is comfort. You don't follow when everything is nice. When you are following, when he's going through the fire, follow him. When he's going through the storm, follow him. When he hasn't got money, follow him. When he's poor, follow him. His business is failing, follow him. Everything is not working for him, follow him. There a little, so a little. Riches was not made by a day. The Bible said that what riches does not be acquired by a day, but it is the Lord who gives us man was wisdom to acquire wealth. You follow him. One day the wisdom to break through shall come unto him. One day the wisdom to hit shall come unto him. And when you follow and the blessings come, he will sit down and you shall enjoy it. What does a man have? What does a man need? Everything of a man is about his wife and his children. Why don't you follow so that you become prouder? Uh, Proverbs chapter 31 he said that and the woman is proud of his husband and their children when you follow you shall be wild you shall be happy amen so young men I've written to you because you are strong he said because they are hot a man that your wife said I dreamt and I saw bows and arrows and he said that give me the phone what are you going to do? Hey, do you know pastor's number? Which of pastor's number? It's always active. Let's call pastor and tell him right now. Because this dream is dangerous. This dream is dangerous. If you don't call pastor to buy, pastor should come. Hey, hey, if your husband tell you, let's call pastor at the middle of the night. Stand up and look and say, go and grow in mommy's house. And come back and marry me again. Because a man got to be stronger. A young man got to be stronger. This year a 
man must lead his family a man must lead his wife a man must lead his children a young man must take an initiative a young man must create the way i want to see a young man prosper in this house a young man blessed in this house a young man breakthrough in this world i want to see a young man with multiples of companies i want to see a young man standing eight hours praying i want to see a young man casting out devils i want to see a young man chasing demons i want to see a young man lifting up his children laying hands on his children i want to see a young man blessing his wife i want to see a young man counting and employing people i want to see a young man who is proud in the lord because god has established his throne i release this anointing upon young men here i release this anointing upon young men in this house receive it in the name of jesus say young men i know you are strong we are not supposed to be feeble hey, our sisters don't have to marry weak men one day god was turning a baton to a weak man but you know something god look at him and say young man you know something it is time to be a leader but i see that watch you are not strong he said hey boy joshua it is about time to take over the road be strong and be courageous because this assignment you can never be weak and carry it listen to me ladies and gentlemen your wife may be looking up to you your children are looking up to you but if you don't know there are other people outside there they are also looking up to you so if you become weak thousands of people may fail a young man listen to me this morning you can never be weak your mind can never be weak your heart can never be weak you can never be sick i bind every sickness inside of you i cast every weakness inside of you i come against every divination and devices that has been thrown against you a young man listen to you you will stand on your feet your chest shall be broad your head shall be lifted up you shall walk boldly and courageous when it is time to step on the jordan you will step in the jordan river when it is time to cross the rest here you shall cross the rest here when it's time to face jericho you will fight say i write to you young man because you are strong one day nehemiah stood up and looked at the young man say young man you know something you are becoming cowards you are becoming strong what you are doing you are endangering the future of your children the future of your wife say you know something all young men I'm charging you with the word of God. Hold the sword. Hold the spear at right hand. And hold the shovel at your right hand. And the spear at your left hand. You know what? Work for your wife and for your children. And fight for your wife and your children. You must succeed for your wife. You must defend your family. You must succeed for your children. You must defend your children. You can never be focused on success and leave the defense of your family you must defend them and you can never leave their success so your right should be working and your left should be fighting that is a mighty man of valor that is a young man uh, who is strong with the word of god uh, holding the sword of the lord uh, that young man is not a one-sided uh, he's a balanced man uh, because the bible said on balance is an abomination to the lord uh, you must defend you must prosper you must succeed you must break through uh, you must fight you must defend uh, there must be money there must be righteousness there must be physical there must be spiritual there must be god there must be man uh, you must work you must marry there must be equal balance
balance in all things uh, so that you can stand stronger and stand again and fight the good fight of faith uh, and redeem your house. Uh, I prophesy to a sister's wife, this a sister's husband, uh, that that man is going to be stronger. That man is going to be greater because a weapon is in his hands and that weapon uh, is called a sword, a champion sword and that sword shall sail through for you. the word of God abides in you and you have overcome what? The wicked one. Why did he say fathers? Why did he say young men? You know the reason why? He said because what? The word of God abides in you. And what is the word of God? The sword of the spirit. Say the sword of the spirit is with you fathers. The sword of the spirit is with you young men. And because of that you can't give up because that sword has overcome the wicked one. The old kingdom says that the evil one. So ladies and gentlemen, we have been given the sword to fight who? The evil one. You have been given the sword to fight the wicked one. The sword was not given to us for pleasure and for entertainment. It was given to us to fight. And this morning, every young man, every father, every woman, every mother you are going to fight the wicked one hallelujah you are going to fight the wicked one because you have been given whatever it takes to fight it most of the time we allow ourselves to be defeated and we think maybe it's the devil no we are not using the sword to fight we are not using the word to fight. Most of us have stopped using the word. And we are using other means. You are using your connection. And it's not winning. Some of you are using prophets. To fight. I'm telling you. The greatest weapon that can cause you to lose the battles of this life. Is prophets. Go and read Jeremiah. The master that your prophets have deceived you. They have prophesied lies what I didn't tell them. They have told you and you have followed them and said because of that what you have wrecked your life. Some of you because of prophets you are still where you are. They've taken your money. They've messed you up and the battle you didn't win. What you went for in the prophet did you achieve it? Hallelujah. I always ask myself I hear a lot of what testimonies on TV about people who are getting breakthrough from prophets. But the people I knew them who go there, none of them get the testimonies. And I get confused. I don't say testimonies don't happen there. It happens. But listen to me. If your weapon is not a gun, don't try. You kill yourself. You're using all sorts to fight the battle. It's not working. Some of you are using money. It's not working. Some of you are using what? Big men, big names, certificates, degrees. It's not working. Except the Lord build a house. The builders labor but in vain. You can't win this battle of life with any human substance or material. What you can use to win this battle is the sword of God. The champion sword which is in your hands. Which God has given to you as a young man, as a young woman, and as a husband, as a wife, and as a father, and as a husband. It is the only weapon that you can use to win this battle. Amen. How do we use this weapon? Matthew chapter 8 verse 8. You have to believe in the word. 
The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. This is a big man. Who centurion is talking about an army officer who oversees hundreds. An army officer who has hundreds of soldiers under him. He told Jesus that, you know something? My Lord. And he was talking to the sword. You don't need to come to my house. That is one thing about the sword we have. You see, our sword it does not win by physical combat. Our sword, you don't need to carry it face to face and fight before you win. No. Our sword, you can win a battle in US even when you are in Ghana. You can use it to win a battle in Afghanistan even when you are living in Domipila too. You can use it to win a battle in Germany even while you are still sleeping in your small goto. Our sword is spirit and is life. Say, I am not ready to come into my room but only speak words. Only speak words. And my servant will be healed. Not shall, will. Speak a word and there and then it will take effect. So, my Lord, that is my spiritual sword because he is the spiritual sword so my sword my spiritual sword you don't need to come to my house and deal with the issue just release the sword so he was talking to the sword to release the sword sometimes our sword comes with a sword so he said that my what lord Speak a word. So, a word is a sword. My Lord is the sword. So, the sword has a sword. That is why our battle is sweet. Because we have the sword who has a sword. You believe it or not? Oh my, oh my. This seem, it seems to be deeper for some, some of us. Pastor is trying to confuse us today. Go straight. Let me explain this. Because we're going to pray any moment now. Joshua chapter 5. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked. He lifted up his eyes and what? Looked. Up. Behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in horse. They saw a man standing with him with heart, sword drawn in his hands. Okay? And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Are you for us or you are against us? And see what? And he said, No, but I am a captain of the host of what? The Lord and I am now come. Amen. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto servant? So the one who appear is what? My Lord, the Lord. And the Lord is what? The sword. Hello? The Lord is what? The sword. And the sword came with what? A sword. 
So, you see, in our battle, when our Lord appeared, he appeared with the sword. We don't fight this battle in the name of Jesus for lose. Anytime you say in the name of Jesus, a sword is released against your enemy. Anytime you say in the name of Jesus, a sword is drawn. So Matthew chapter 8 and verse 8, the centurion said that, Lord, which is the sword, speak a word, which is today, the sword will release a sword. I said today, the sword will release what? A sword. And fight. And you see, the good thing about our battle is that whenever the sword appears with a sword, it gives us the battle strategy. How to win the battle. So we are leaving this place knowing that we shall win the battle. So the first way of using the sword is what? Believe in the spoken word. Now the interesting part. Psalm 107 verse 20. Then we pray. The second and third way of using the sword that God has given to you. He sent his word and healed what? He sent what? And the word is what? The sword of the spirit. So the sword can also hold heal sicknesses. That means if there is any sickness in your life which is caused by devils and demons, the sword comes here and destroys the demons of the sword. That is why one day somebody's child was sick and they sent him to Jesus. And Jesus said that I rebuke you. I rebuke you spirit of what? Leprosy. I rebuke you spirit of epilepsy. And the Bible said that and the spirit left and the child was healed. The sword with the devil, conquer the devil of the issue. Those of us who have gone to hospital and gone and gone, and we don't have solution today, may the sword deal with that spirit behind that issue. May the sword fight that spirit behind the issue. So, and deliver them from their heart distractions. So, the sword also will deliver us from distraction. Listen, anything that wants to destroy your life today, the sword of God will destroy that thing. Some of us, we are living life but certain things want to destroy your life. Certain habits, certain character, certain attitudes, certain friends, certain neighbors, certain relatives. Some of you, certain employment want to destroy your life. Some of you cry cash. Money want to destroy your life. May the Lord destroy money before your life is destroyed. I know some of you say that, mm, Pastor, what is that? But it's better. A gentleman appeared, came, came to me one day and gave a whole lot of stories. And I told him that, you know something, run away from money before money run you into trouble. So, pastor, you have no idea. I said, what you are doing is dangerous. You are making money, but money will destroy you. So, pastor, it's not like that. Pastor, the issue is not like that. You don't understand. I said, I don't understand. So, what do you want me to do? I, because I see that the core of the issue is money. But if you can let money go and follow God accordingly, you will make your life. He says no. I was here when I had a call. A guy was in the accident unit at Kolebu. 
when the, his two legs bam, has been caught. What is it? The same money. I was chasing this money. I was following this deal. And I had an accident on the way. And my two legs were under the car. And the truck sat on it. The legs are destroyed. They have to cut it off. So I asked him now, who has destroyed you? You could have destroyed the love of money. But now, the love of money has destroyed you. But the Bible said that he sent his word to destroy anything that tried to destroy your life. And today, whatever is seeking to destroy your life. You see, some of us, we know that certain things are destroying our life. Not that we don't know. We know that this thing is destroying my life. And your life is precious than that thing. Amen. Let's read. I haven't read this. I haven't finished the scripture. Let's deal with the scripture then we, 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 we pursue. Okay, let's move on. Oh, that man will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to, to the children of men. Okay, let them go and read. You go and read. Go and read. He said, and you send forth your word to heal our disease and to destroy that which seems what? Destroying us. So, number one, the word is able to deal with the spirit of sickness. The word is able to deal with the spirit of death. The word is able to fight all these things for you. Sickness leads to what? Death. Hello? Sickness leads to what? Sickness leads to what? Death. And he said the word is able to deal with it. And ladies and gentlemen, let them tell you, sickness and diseases and whatever that leads to death is a spirit. It's a spirit. So, when he said it, he's dealing with the spirit that causes sickness and leads to death. First Corinthians chapter 15, 55 to 57. We're going to pray very soon. Where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your power? It means death has what? Power. He said, he sent forth his word and healed our disease. Because if the diseases stay, there is difference between the spirit of sickness and the spirit of death and the spirit of the grave. Oh, death, where is your sting? Death has power. When you talk about sting, we are talking about the power of death. Then he said, all grave, where is your victory? So the grave also have what? Victory. 56. The sting of death is what? So the power of death is what? So as long as sin is in our life, it means that we are closer to die. Hello? So the more we live with sin, the closer we draw to death. That is why he said that what? Every now and then, first John, confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you all your sins and forget them all. 
and some of us we don't I don't remember the first time you stood up just to say oh God please forgive me my sins and just you, you can't remember all sense of mission and sense of omission you, the, the one mission you can remember just ask him so that he forgive you, you no now you are commander in chief of the spirit so that scripture does not apply to you but the power of death is called sin and Jesus sent forth the sword to deal with it. Hallelujah. And the strength of sin is what? The law. And know what the, the law said? The soul that shall sin shall hold. That's the law. The law said, the soul that shall sin shall hold. Die. And the strength of sin is the law. So if the more we keep with sin, the more we are the Lord judges us to die. And the only means by which we can overcome it is what? The sword of the word, which is Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God. But what? Thanks be to God, which gives us, us what? He gives us all what? So we have victory over death. Victory over sickness. Victory over grave. We have the victory over them. And where is the victory? So we have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is what? The word. And the word is what? The spirit. And the spirit is what? The sword. So we have victory through what? The sword of the spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Jesus Christ. Sin cannot kill me. I have Jesus Christ. Death cannot take me. I have Jesus Christ. The grave cannot swallow me. Anytime I wake up in the morning, I said in the name of Jesus Christ, if I've committed any sin by which the law of sin has laid hold of my life and is ready to deliver death to take me, in Jesus' name, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I reverse it in Jesus' name. Because it has power. Hallelujah. It has power. So, this third way of using the word is conquering the power of the grave with the word of God. The first one is believing in the spoken word. The second is fighting the spirit of sickness and death with the word of God. The third one is conquering the power of the grave with the word. Are you ready to pray? Now are you ready to pray? What is this spirit? Why should the Bible talk about sickness, death, and grief? Why? Why? We have so many sins. We have so many sins. But ladies and gentlemen, these three are very dangerous. of all that you are going through. Number one is the spirit of sickness. The spirit of sickness is in charge of wasteful life, unproductive life, and stagnant life. Sometimes when you hear the spirit of sickness, you think it only puts people into what? Sickness. No. A sick person has a wasteful life. Hello? Go and see a professor in hospital bed. Amen? What is the extent of the knowledge? 
Hello? Go and see a director who is sick. What is the resource of his knowledge? Wastes. A sick person is unproductive. Fall sick for one year. Every money you have will go. And there will never be any replacement. Unproductive life. Some of us, we are here. We have the brains. We have the intelligence. We have the skill. But it's going waste. Some of us, we are here. We are sharp. We are smart. We have qualifications. But we are unproductive. Stagnant. Our life is at one place. A sick person is at one place. He doesn't go forward. He doesn't come. That spirit, we will deal with it with the sword of God. That spirit, we shall break it with the word of God. Amen. The spirit of death is a hopeless life. If somebody die, there's no hope in them again. When Jesus sent the sword to deal with these things, he knew what he was talking some of us has a hopeless life. We are living, but there's no hope. It's useless life. Our life is of no use. Is there? Will it come and you go? 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 The last time they were making family contributions. How much did you contribute it? When they are calling people of the family, did they call you? You are not dead. You are alive. Aimless life. There are some of us who are living an aimless life. Listen, if I leave my house, point A to point B, and I am not coming back to my house, with the products that increases my life, my house, my family, my children, my marriage, my wife, my church members, I will not go. Amen. I would rather sit down and use the brain to think. I'd rather you sit down and store the energy to preach. Hallelujah. Because I don't live an aimless life. I'm not a deaf person. It's only the deaf that they carry it to the cemetery for no aim, just to throw it away. So everywhere you go and you come back with nothing, it's like the dead. You go and return for nothing. You take the corpse to the cemetery, it comes home with nothing. It doesn't even come again. It's aimless. So why do you move your life from point A to point B? And then they become aimless. Today, may that spirit break forth from every life. Every step you take, you are coming back with results. This year, every move you make, you are coming back with results. And the last one is the power of the grave, which is very dangerous, a forgetful life. You live a life and nobody remembers you. Amen. Amen. Do you know something? One day somebody came to me with a problem. With an issue, serious issue. He discussed it with me. I said, okay, 
go and come tomorrow. Is, is that doing money? I said, come tomorrow, I'll give you the money, I'll help you. He left, I forgot. For whatever reason. It's a very serious issue. The person called me the following day and I was wondering, I said, who, is, who are you? What was it? Before he explained, I said, I forgot. You know what he said? He said, pastor, this is the third time. I said, third time of what? He said, this is the third time people have promised me. They have it. They've told me to call or to come the following day. I called them and they told me they forgot. I said, then, you know something? There's a spirit of the grave is hunting over your life. Because you can't carry such an serious issues and people forget it just like that. Something is not right. Amen. Some of you, something is just not right. That things that matters to life and godliness, they easily forget of you. We have to pray for the guy. The saddest news is that at the time we have to pray and give him the support, it was of no use again. The relation has passed on. I was like, what? I felt very bad. But I said, but how come? What should I forgot just like that? And dear one, it's not that I don't have the money because the moment he called and I said, come the following day, I went and cashed the money. Come for it! But I forgot, the whole day I forgot until he called. So when he said the third time, I said, and you know the result? The person he wanted to help died. When the assistance has come, every spirit of forgetfulness, every spirit of grave that is calling upon your, you, that is working on your life, in the name of Jesus Christ, that spirit will break. Something funny happened. Something funny happened. There was a wedding. There was a wedding. Everybody had seated. They were waiting for the groom. He wasn't coming. The bride has come. Sitting outside. Waiting for the groom for hours. He wasn't coming. They follow up. They went to his house. He was far asleep. He was asleep. A wedding like 11 o'clock, 3 o'clock. He wasn't shown up anywhere. He was sleeping. When they wake him up, only when they wake him up, they say, oh, the wedding? which wedding? Say, your wedding? Say, which wedding? They force him to stand up. Today is your wedding. It's like, my wedding. Say, today. Say, yeah. I forgot. He's not the best man who forgot to him, the groom, forgot his wedding on his wedding day. He went to sleep. They wake him up. He said, yeah, I forgot. And they were like, how could you forgot? He said, there were, there were so many things. Said, but didn't you prepare for the wedding? So wedding? I have a lot of suits there. So I decided that in the morning, when it's time, I wear one. And then, because no best man, nothing. When it's time, I wear one, sit in my sports car. He, he forgot. The pastor said, he just looked at the sister. He said, my sister, you have a long way to go. Because if your husband can forget his own wedding day, then your marriage is already in the grave. It's locked. He will never remember you. 
unremembered life. That is the spirit of the grave. Look at how Mordecai has suffered in Babylon. Nobody remembers. As if he was dead. As if he was dead. Do you know when he was remembered? When the word was opened. The Bible said that the king could not sleep. And he said that, bring me the chronicles of the books. And when the books were opened, then he read the word and saw that, ah, there's somebody called Mordecai who need to be blessed long ago. What has happened to him? He said, king, nothing. How come I've forgotten? Bring him. Some of you, your breakthrough has long stayed there. Somebody has forgotten. Church, we're going to pray. Listen, there's one thing to remember you by name. There's another thing to remember you by blessing. I can remember your name, but I will never remember when I'm supposed to be a blessing to you. Sometimes you think people know you by name, so they remember you by blessings. No. Every day, Monica was walking in the palace hall. He was in the palace and the king was seeing him every day. Every day the king see him. Every day the king see him. Every day the king see him. The king has never remembered. But he knew that he was called Mordecai. I remove that cover off your life. I take that cover off your life. I shake that cover off your life. And the spirit of condemnation. That is when your life has totally been condemned. Nobody even care of you again. Nobody wants to help you, assist you. And nobody, everybody has thrown you out. Because the finality of the grave is to cover it up. And there will never be any reference to it again. Amen. But the person who is in the grave, their name is still remembered. But they are condemned. Nobody need them for anything. There are some of us, some of us seated here this morning. It's not that they don't know; they know you by your name, but nobody need you for anything. The sword will fight for you. The sword will deal with this process. Will fight this power for you this morning. Every spirit of sickness, every spirit of death, and every spirit of the grave which has been marshaled against you. May the sword of the spirit enter there right now. Every power that has stood up and now stand in battle against you. May the power of the sword go there right now. I direct the sword there. I command the sword there. I lift the sword there. May the sword step as foot and deal with the powers. My God. We are calling on the mighty God. I provoke you to fight for your life. Like the way that young man called Nehemiah spoke to the children of Israel. He said, men of Israel, you have to rise up and fight. You have to fight with a spear in your hands and fight with a pickers. You have to fight for your life. You have to fight for your children. You have to fight for your wives. You have to fight for your inheritance. You have to fight for your future. Dear ones, 
the year is still young for you. You can still be on top. God has still designed that you will lead the year. But I'm telling you, these forces might also rise up. But we must fight. We must fight them. That it should not be. Listen to me. You must not lose anything better this year. Your life must be relevant. You shouldn't live a wasteful life. No way. You were paid. But where is the salary? You do business. If we should ask the number of people whose work, whose occupation, whose salary, whose income did something relevant that they can pinpoint finger, we can't get even 5%. Most of us, our income was all hand to mouth. Everything we earned last year, we blow it all. Why? Why is our strength being wasted? Why? How can we lead? If we don't have what it takes to lead, may the devil be put down today. May the sword fight for you today. May you draw the sword of God that anything that may try your life to waste it this year, may you slay it in the name of Jesus. Dear ones, the time to be gentle and sympathetic is over. It's no more time to be sympathetic and gentle. Now it's about time to fight and stand. For since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom has suffered violent. And the violent has taken it by force. There's nothing that is prepared there waiting for you. Until you apply force, there can never be any movement. Amen. Sometimes you have to apply force of the spirit and deal with the forces that be. And thank God that he has given us what? The sword. You have the sword. It is not for your entertainment. It's for your battle. Take up your Bible in your hands.